Today's Gird Up podcast is sponsored by the Christ for Disciples podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Steinberg, son of Ken, father of six, including five sons. Each weekday on the Christ for Disciples podcast, I apply God's word to raising the next generation. If you are a parent, teacher, mentor, coach, or all of them, or have any other connection to children, consider taking just 10 minutes, 600 seconds a day, to listen to Christ for Disciples and get direction and gospel power to disciple the youngest generation. Subscribe to the Christ for Disciples podcast by going to ChristForDisciples.com or searching for Christ for Disciples on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and all those other podcast providers. Every weekday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, take just 600 seconds so Christ won't take second in your life or the life of your children. Listen on the way to work or school or while making breakfast. Christ for Disciples podcast, empowering with the one who changes our children. Make it the best 10 minutes of the day. Christ for Disciples Podcast. Blessings to you. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. Now we're on. And we're on. All right. So today we got myself, Charlie Ungebach. We got Nick Cresson. How's it going, everybody? And Mr. Brad Price. What's up, Brad? How's it going? Uh, oh, talk again. How's it going? Oh, I need to turn you up. Was this three? Yeah. Brad, go for it. How's it going, everybody? Still nope. can't Wait, hold on. Is he three? He is three. That's what? three, right? Yeah, he's three. Oh, that's oh, that's everybody. What? That's that right, w- go for it again. Oh, doing? this is wait. Oh, I'm gonna stop. <laughs> I'm gonna stop. Stop touching I- things. <laughs> <laughs> Turn okay, all the knobs. Check, 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 check. <laughs> okay, uh, talk, Brad. I think I hear something about myself here. That's, that's a little bit better. Okay, oh, hold on. What? Now that's so. This oh, this is one. We're definitely not cutting this out either. This is totally going on the show. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Talk. Hello. You first. Talk. You first, yeah. Brad. I still got nothing on it. I went out. I went away. There, there we go. Welcome back. All right. So, Brad, go ahead and tell us who you are. Uh, I'm Brad Price. I have been married for going on 16 years. I have two sons. One is 13. One is two. Uh, I'm the old guy in this group here tonight. And... Uh, <laughs> Lots of different life experience. Maybe we'll get into some of that. Yeah, you want to just get it like just a short overview. Of what is your what does your life experience look like? Uh, smattering of uh, been in law enforcement or corrections, you could say. Uh, military, United States Army, Cap Scout, who. Uh, I've done some prison ministry. Still doing that. Mentoring with uh, with uh, ex offenders, returning citizens. And at MLC to get my bachelor's here this this year. You say this year as if this is the year you're spending at MLC. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Although it's been a long time. I started in 2012 and I've done the pre-seminary program, the majority of the staff ministry program, which is solid gold. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I mean that 100%. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. So, um uh, like I, I would say you kind of get a life, <laughs> life of service going on here is what what it sounds like to me. Yes, in I various ways. Yeah, I. 
it's uh, what I enjoy doing is serving. All right. Yeah. So do you draw any lines between the different things that you've done? Like as far as like, is there a kind of a theme or is it, do you kind of see them as disconnected? Like one to the next to the next, you know what I'm saying? Um, so like with mentoring back when I was a jailer, like 20 years ago and I saw what some of the guys were going through at the time, you know, as a, as a jailer, I don't think the, the feeling is like, it's, there's maybe a line in the sand with how much you can do with inmates. Mm-hmm. And so you got guys going on work release and you want to encourage them. And I was, there was times I'd, I would encourage the guys that were going out and then coming back and like, keep it up. You know, you're doing an awesome job. But, um, a lot of guys you could tell had the ability, but you know, they had an addiction in the way or something that they needed, they needed some like, like an accountability partner. They needed a mentor. And so, at that time in my life, I wasn't there. Uh, and then since moving to New Ulm, when I was working as the uh, administrator for a Wells Prison Ministry, the opportunity came to start a, a mentoring program here in New Ulm. So we've been doing that for, it's been at least five years. Uh, I think we're on six years now um, with that group going. So definitely enjoy that. That's a tie with between those two military just felt like it was always felt like I either want growing up it was either law enforcement or I wanted to be a sniper in the United States Marine Corps do force recon that didn't work army went the uh, army won over that one and which I don't regret at all uh, being in the cavalry was was awesome so uh, and then moving here was was to be a pastor and then that got sidetracked that's how i got, ended up in the staff ministry program but, <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's awesome i was actually thinking about that on the way over like while i was driving while i was driving back from the liquor store <laughs> i was thinking about that and uh if if uh if i if my life had gone according to my plan and the, the lord had kind of interfered and you know pushed me in different directions i think my uh I, I, I really think that my life path, if I had been able to choose, would actually maybe kind of even be similar to, to the one you've kind of taken. Um, whereas, like, obviously, I never did join the military, but it was like one of those things that was always, you know, like, there's a lot of guys that are like, they're like oh, I almost joined, you know, and they yeah. kind of play that game. Uh, but like legitimately sitting at the, <laughs> sitting at the, it's like sitting at a table with a pen in your hand, you know, and you're going, so like, I, I want to be of service to somebody you know, like I want, I want to help people. I want to do the good thing. You know, um, but what, you know, what, what is that going to look like? Right. Um, and, and kind of seeking that as a young man in particular, kind of seeking out that, and trying to figure out, like, what is the Lord? Where is the Lord leading me here? What service is He calling me to? Like, it's clear to me He's calling me to service. Now, what is that service going to look like? Right. Um, and, I think uh, growing up and looking back now, I can, I can say. Like when I was in uh, corrections, I, le- I legitimately feel like I went as far as I was supposed to go there and God closed that door. The army was the same way. Um, I got what I, I got what he wanted me to get out of it and it was time to move on. How, how long did you serve there, Brad? Uh, seven and a half years. Okay. 
And then, uh, geez, you are old. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was twenty when I worked at the, when I started the jail. Okay. Twenty one. Yeah. That was That's twenty. Young man. That was twenty years no ago. That's young. So. <laughs> oh man. Um, same with uh, when I worked in security. I taught security officers how to be better security officers and did some mentoring there too. But, and I taught in the army also, but uh, was an instructor there. But even in those things, and, and that was not teaching other dudes and you know people in security is definitely not anything I thought I'd ever be doing. Because I'm an introverted person. Mm -hmm. The last thing I ever thought I'd be doing is standing up in front of a classroom teaching five people or up to 50 people anything. And it was there that that God said, hey, I'm going to show you something you're going to love. Mm -hmm. And I did, and that's how I ended up up here. But um, it's pretty much like, like you said, with wanting to serve someone or serve and help people. Like I've always felt that way, and even in law enforcement, I was like, I f that's how I felt, mm -hmm. but it wasn't quite the quite the right fit. And I think maybe more now, so with the path I'm on, um, I'm feeling like I'm getting there a little better. Yeah. Be but there was a lot of life experience in there, and a lot of failures and ups and downs and. Yeah. Stuff in between there, but yeah, well, I think a lot of times we want it to be a nice, neat, and easy, clean path. But the reality is, no matter who you are, it's it's going to be messy. Yeah, um, and for some people, it's it's a little messier path than others. But you know, the the path is never like a clean and easy, clear like point A to point B kind of path. Um, and it definitely hasn't been the case for me, at least. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and, like, and again, you're talking about you know, like kind of moving from one thing to the next, and every time you move, you're getting a little bit closer to what. Like you feel like this is what the Lord has put me here for, you know? Right. Um, and yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a really, really important thing for people to realize too, is just that like, Hey, this isn't something like you're just not going to click one day and be like, well, maybe it will. But for most people, there's not like a moment when you're 23 years old where you're like, this is what I'm going to do forever. And right. then you do it forever and you're happy, you know? Um, like th as we go through phases of life and as we mature and change, the Lord, you know, brings more and more things into our life and continues, continues to shape and mold us. And, uh, I don't know. I see that pretty clearly in your story. I see it in mine. I see it in yours too, Nick. Um, uh, a bit we more. should probably talk off air at some point. Cause I was just thinking, man, I am easily <laughs> the most boring dude in this room. Oh, really? <laughs> well, but like thinking about like n not n not that we didn't get into specific examples, but like you didn't necessarily move from point A to point B either. You know, there was some there was a little mess on the way. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> not that well, we need to air out all your dirty I'm laundry, idiot, but so. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. I mean, we we totally yeah. can, but I I'm an open book. Yeah. No. Well, that's not the topic of the podcast. Right. The topic that's of the podcast true. Is. That's so true. The question I'll be up before us. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure this is our. Like six. No, you're an idiot. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. say that with so much love. All right. So, a question laid before us today, which I think ties into what we were just talking about, Absolutely. is uh, so what I actually texted you before was, What uh, are you willing to die for? But I changed it. I think it ought to be, What are you dying day. for? Oh, everybody dies of something and anything can kill you. So, uh, so the idea, ah, oh, shoot. I had it so, it was so well said in my brain. Okay. So anything can kill you, and everybody dies of something. There we go. 
Anything so the idea you. that anything can kill you and everybody dies of something, and it's true, it's absolutely true. Uh, and so, what does that look like as a as a, as a man in love with Jesus? What does that look like? That's the question laid before us today. And so, I, my immediately my immediately uh, like application of that is there's a whole lot of people that are dying to things that are just stupid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like there are risks we take every single day. Like you strap into your car, you decide you're willing to take that risk. Um, instead of staying at home, you're willing to take a risk because I mean, you're like you're more likely to die in a car accident than you are of COVID or of a heart attack or any of these things, right? Well, I don't know about a heart attack; that might not be true. But you're, as, at least at our age, you're far more likely, even your age, <laughs> you're far He's more not likely that much older. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's only like twelve years, yeah. but you know, whatever. Um, you're far more likely to die in a car accident. Uh, and then, like with weightlifting, you know, people say all the time, like, you know, your joints are going to be hurting when you're older. I was like, actually, weightlifting increases bone density. <laughs> Second of all, I know it's going to hurt me when I'm older, but I'd rather be hurting because of this than hurting because I sat on the couch the whole time, you know? Uh, so the idea that ev- ev- everything will kill you sooner or later um, and everybody's got to die of something. So you kind of can choose to an extent what you're going to die of to an extent. Hmm. Um, and an application of that to, to uh, Christian living. Um, and I think that goes right along with service um, where the idea is this is where I'm going to make myself vulnerable. This is where I'm going to put myself on the line. This is the line I'm going to take. So that wasn't a very good transition. But um, I don't know. What do you think? I didn't give you a whole lot to go with there. This is going to take a lot of editing. That's okay. <laughs> <clears throat> no, it's just, I mean, it's just one of those one of those quotes like everything in moderation it's it's yeah. much the same idea there and and in essence um looking at that quote as as a as a christian man you still got to think about okay what am i going to do that's that's going to make me stronger and stronger in my faith stronger physically stronger relationally with with everybody so it's like i can um I go to school. I'm at. I'm in my school building multiple hours a day beyond the school hours, and then I've got to. I've got to take care of my body at the same time. But if I do that too much, you know, then then I'm I'm going to be hurting and and killing the relationship that I have with my wife or my son or whatever else is going on. Um, and so it's it's all about being being decisive and and picking your battles. Um. Yeah, with with what is going to make you a successful person, and so I what I feel like it's pulling where, where I feel like this question is pulling me is yeah I, I can I can die of something and any anything can kill me, um, but but I want to make sure that 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 I'm that I'm spreading myself out evenly so that I am not pulled too far in one direction. You know, so yeah. so I want to steer away from that idea that something that something can kill me, and spread myself out. Maybe maybe somebody else has got a totally different take on it. They're like, no, I'm gonna go, well, I'm gonna go balls <laughs> to the wall in one thing and get really really good at it. You know, and then maybe I'm maybe I'm not gonna have a family. Maybe I'm not gonna have a whole bunch of friends. And yeah, that's well, here's what, that's, here's what I was thinking of while you were saying that is it's really it's incredibly evident. Like, to an extreme level, looking at your life on a day-to-day basis, there's two things you would die for. You'd die for your students, 
you'd die for your wife and your kid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that's a dramatic way to say that, but I think that's probably, I, I would like to think it's true. I have enough respect to you for right. you to think that that is absolutely true. Uh, and, and anybody that looks like a, at a map of what your day-to-day looks like, right. um, or anybody who follows you around, like if they film the documentary, it'd be so, so clear to absolutely everybody what two things you care about the most, right? And that's your ministry and your family, right? And uh, I, I, I don't know. I think that ties right in with the question real quick there. Like, these are the two things I'm willing to give myself for. Right. Um, and, and whether that's actually giving your life like today or tomorrow or whether that's just like slowly chipping away. Like, this is what I'm willing to be stressed about. This is what I'm willing to you know, give my day to day to. This is what I'm willing to you know, sacrifice a good night's sleep for, sacrifice my health for. Like we do make all those sacrifices sooner or later, which in the end is eventually going to kill us, right? Um, like the idea of, <laughs> you know, I, I've maybe foolishly said more than once that, uh, you know, like a bad day is all right because it just gets me one step closer to heaven. You know, like today really, really, really sucked. Or like, I mean, that actually physically hurt my body. You know, like that probably took two days off my life. But that's all right. I get to be with Jesus sooner. You know, um, I, I thought about that a lot doing urban ministry, especially when you have like a day that's just like real intense or I mean, frankly, a day where there are bullets flying or something like that. And you go like, "Woo, that made my life a little shorter. It's like, ah, I mean, I'm one step closer to Jesus. Um, and that's a pretty intense perspective. I understand that. But I think it's real, too. I think today. At least for me personally now, maybe it's just the time of life I'm in, but um I think it's more important to remember that more so today than at least at any other time in my life that I remember. Um, Iraq, there was, uh, I, when I was in, in the Army, I deployed to Iraq in 2005 uh, to Baghdad, which was a good time. <clears throat> I mean, it was a good time, <laughs> but but we had bombs going off and around us all the time, bullets. It was, yeah, it was a real, it was real. Um, but... I think that that perspective is important in that, and by that perspective, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on around us today, and it's easy to get wrapped up in any one of those uh, situations. But for the believer, it's important to remember, this is, this is just, the, you know, the, if you want to use the analogy of that little hotel room, this is just temporary and be a witness here, serve Jesus here, share Jesus here. And when the time comes, you'll be in heaven and don't, don't get overly wrapped around the axle about everything that's going on because God is in control. So I try to tell myself that a lot more now than <laughs> there's been times in my life when I've been totally wrapped up in politics and, and other stuff. And now I don't were know if it's my dad's example when he was my age that I am now. Were, were you like 27 or 28 when you were really wrapped up in politics? No, I was, okay. I was actually, <laughs> Why yeah. are you speaking from experience? I was like 14, I was like oh, okay, 14 okay, 15. Um, no, yeah. Not that I'm like, I just like following it. No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was the first time, but, uh, I think that's a great analogy. I actually, I've never heard that before, but I really dig that analogy of uh, this piece being a hotel room. 
And yeah, I think so, you can even run with that. Sorry, I interrupted you there. Well, well, if if you haven't heard it before, you know what things do you not do at a hotel room? You don't unpack and you know put all your stuff in the drawers and, and sleep on top of the sheets, right? Yeah, you're not. You're not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of hotels are you staying in? <laughs> so, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you're not planning to stay there a talk long to, time. Talk so. to Pastor Sharp, <laughs> Oklahoma City. He'll he'll tell you a story. Oklahoma know. City. Yeah, so <laughs> that's the premise of the. Now I kind of want to hear your Oklahoma City story. <laughs> no, just, look at your face when he said Oklahoma well, City. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this dumpy hotel room that we stayed in. Um, on our way down to San Antonio a few summers ago for a basketball camp that we were putting on with with Pastor Sutton's son down there, who's a pastor. Anywho, aside, keep going, Brad. You were killing it. <laughs> hotel room. Yes. No, I just I've stayed in some pretty nasty hotel rooms, <laughs> and, and then you said Oklahoma City, and, and uh, when we lived in Texas, I worked at a, a uh, for a train wrecking company. Which is I not. I love that a train wrecking. Company. <laughs> so it's not what it sounds like. You're not going and wrecking trains. You're going to trains that have wrecked and put them back on the tracks. That's what oh. you're doing. And I mean, that's still pretty cool. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Isn't that as cool as it sounds? Yeah. It sounds like okay. like big, huge machinery. There, it is heavy just... equipment, and and it's interesting for a little bit. Is sure. there anything but, you haven't done? I've done a lot of things, no kidding. <laughs> but uh, there are things I haven't done. Don't ask me to list them right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so um, our boss for that. Th- so he said Oklahoma City train wrecking in Texas, and our boss at that company like it was a game to him to find the nastiest hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was. <laughs> I believe it. Absolutely sleeping on top if, of the of the sheets covered. If you're sleeping. If you're not grabbing some cardboard from the garbage can outside, it'd be better. Putting that on the on the bed. You know, it was roaches crawling around and all that. It's, yeah, it's... Yeah. Just sleep in your truck, man. Just sleep in your truck. Yeah, I think I honestly I think we can run with that hotel uh, metaphor and, and even take it further. And you think about like, I we've all a lot of us at least as kids like went on mission trips and things. And you go, you know, you go to you know whether it's I I'm, I went to Texas A and M and you know I got some friends that went to like Daytona Beach on spring break and they're all fired up for Jesus. And you think about that that two weeks or that five days or whatever it is that you're on that mission trip. Everything else just kind of fades away, and it's just like you, me, and Jesus, man. Like, and let's just be on fire. Um, and, and, and you take that analogy further. Like, I've got a very small amount of time here on this earth, and uh, we waste a whole lot of that time trying to make our time here permanent, you know, just like trying to make this last longer. And, uh, like, when we have an end date, and we're like, hey, your job from March 5th to March 12th is to tell as many people about Jesus as possible. We're like all for it. But when we say like, Hey, your job for the next 60 years or your job for the next 90 years is to tell as many people about Jesus as you can. I know that's way oversimplifying it, but maybe it's not actually, I don't know. Um, but like your job is to be a light for the next 60 years. We're like, that's kind of a long time. Like I'm going to worry about next week. Right. 
Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a matter of perspective. I suppose. And it's just maintaining that perspective. Yeah. It's a lot shorter life than we think it is. I, yeah. I mean, when you have kids, people tell you, you know, pay attention because it's going to go quick. It's like, well, I know how fast my life's gone this far. It can't go that quick, right? <laughs> no, it goes fast. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, Levi's already, I mean, he'll be 15 months on the 4th, and that's just just mind-boggling to me. Right. Just running around with him today, and I mean, last time I, feels like last time I looked, he couldn't walk and he was just like thank the lord he looks me. like his mother and not like his father i know he's a handsome kid though <laughs> he's a really handsome kid <laughs> no no you're absolutely right the 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 timing is just huge and and it's just a matter of yeah like i said before not you, you if you're gonna go all in on one thing it's got to be jesus yeah if you're gonna go all in on on anything that's got to be it and and if you do that yeah then the 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 family the the ministry for for us the teaching um that all will will fall into place um i'd I'd say on an an average day you know and Mm -hmm. and i mean obviously everything's going to have their struggles in this world that we live in because we're we're still going to mess up we're going to take our focus off um but but if you work on if you work on putting everything you know dying dying to jesus because he died for us and yeah, that's just yeah, yeah. Well, you make me think about my day to daily prayers too. Just every single day, praying for humility, and the idea that humility is me understanding what my place is in, in the world and my place in the kingdom of heaven. Um, and if I recognize my relationship with my heavenly Father appropriately, um, I'm just I'm gonna follow wherever He leads because I recognize that there is nothing and no one without Him. Yeah. I'm curious, like, how do you decide, Brad, like, when you're moving from one thing to the next? Because you've done quite a bit of that. When you're moving from one thing to the next, how do you how do you determine what's the next thing? Hmm. Um, is it like so, the Lord speaking to you in your dreams or something, or is it just like what comes next? Or, um, on one hand, I'm kind of a spontaneous guy. <laughs> uh, my move from Arizona to Texas was basically. That's, I was in working at the jail in Arizona. I took it, three weeks off. Where are you from? Are you, are you from Arizona? No, California. From California. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got out of California quick. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, when I was old enough. Before 2020, when it got cool. <laughs> yeah. Now everybody's growing right. up. That's right. Um, I took a three-week vacation, drove around the country, and by the time I got back, before the time I got back from that vacation... Like, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> because I worked graveyard shift for three years, basically, and it was getting to the point where my view on civilization was very dark. And yeah, I was I was, I was looking at kids and thinking, you know what? If you don't straighten up, you know, you might be five, yeah, but if you don't straighten up. I'm gonna be seeing you in a few years. It just got to be the point where I was like, I, I got to do something else. So I got back to the back to uh, where I was living in Arizona and went into work before my time was up and said, here's my two-week vacation or my two-week notice, and I'm moving to Texas. 
Texas is awesome. <laughs> love Texas. Love Arizona too. But uh, that's how that worked, and it just kind of um, some of it was just feeling out what was there, and other things were like when uh, to move here at that job when I was teaching at the working at the security company. It wasn't that I didn't like that job. I loved that job. Um, really loved that job and loved the company worked, loved the people I was working with but it felt like I could do more that was more impactful to people eternally and that was the how the move here came to, to, uh, to MLC but that was like a year of praying and researching and I actually applied to MLC after getting back from uh, Iraq in 2005, looking into the staff industry program, I didn't hear anything. Really? Not a single, what? not a single thing. And you know what? I'm cool with that. And people don't have to take that as like, oh, you know, MLC dropped the ball. <laughs> that was God saying, not right now. Right. He answered that prayer. Sure, he said, there. no, I, I, I have some more things to teach you before you go to MLC. So it happened. It just happened like 10 years later. Cool beans. Um, but there's been some prayer in there and just like soul searching on, on what opportunities there are, what things I can do based on what I know about myself and things that are important to me. So, um, men being men, and being godly men, that's been important to me. Um, just seeing how that doesn't happen as much um, today. Um, I was actually thinking, and kind of going with what Nick said, there's there's a lot of things in life that that make that 80 years, 85 years here not simple <laughs> and it's it we want to stay focused on jesus but i know there's things that are and that's kind of like maybe what i took from your from your text before coming over with the the theme was maybe more uh as a christian man you probably have an idea of where you're supposed to be um, as a father, as a husband and whatnot. But what things are you dying to that are keeping you from being that man? Oh. That's how I took that when I, when I read it. Absolutely. That's excellent. Um, That's, oh, what, what, are, things are, what things are getting in the way yes. of you being that man? So, yeah. That's a great question for anyone to ask themselves. What are you doing? What are you doing that's messing up uh, messing up your road to where you want to be, you know, like, yeah. What, what roadblocks are you putting in your way? What are you not getting enough sleep? And that that's making you cranky with your, your children or your wife or your students or whatever else is going on. You know, it's like, are you not eating well? And that's yeah. Well, like, yeah. And, or, or what, what are you doing? What are you doing in your free time? Are you, are you putting in your time with, with, uh, with your Bible? personally daily and 
Yeah, that's excellent. That's excellent. I, th I think if anybody, if anybody really wants to be real with themselves, they need to get a piece of paper and answer that question. Yeah. Well, I think one of the most valuable things anybody can ever do is like sit down and legitimately like self-evaluate, like mm -hmm. look at, look at what's going on in your day-to-day -day life and answer, like not just sit down and be like, how do I think I'm doing? But whether it's like getting on like John Wooden, uh, I don't remember what the book is called. It's not, it's not the pyramid not of pyramid. success. It's a different one. Well, the pyramid of success also has an excellent like self-assessment in it. But there's another, I guess just wooden is what it's called. Um, but it's got a really good self-assessment where it takes you through like 22 questions, I think, of like, how am I doing? Like, what do my relationships look like? What can I be better at? What do I feel like I'm good at? What do I feel like I'm failing at? And having not, like a real conversation with yourself, if nobody else, um, and I think we do a pretty good job. Um, this is like as, as uh, the two of us and a couple other guys, too, that I got in my life of being able to call each other out. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I think there's a step before that, too, where you can look at yourself and say, hey, like, I don't see what's – there we go. That's better. I don't necessarily see what's going on that should be going on in my life, you know, like, and where do I go from here? I don't know. Um, I kind of get lost in that, in that statement. But what, what I – like you knocked on a bunch of different things. So you knocked on the idea that even just like not sleeping enough could be interfering with my own personal ability to – carry out the calling that the lord has laid on my life mm -hmm. um but then you also hinted at things like just spending my time poorly and that could be anything from porn and you know like just like literally spending my life playing video games or drinking or whatever it is to like simple things like just getting lost in something that isn't actually all that important right and i know that you've talked in the past about like kind of taking a step back from weightlifting a little bit mm -hmm. um where you like we're really getting big into competitions really getting good at it really starting to be successful and it just comes a moment where you look around and go is this really what i want my focus to be is this really where like where i want my energy and, and my whole being to be going into um and you got to answer that kind of answer that question you know and right and 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 not and not even because if this is so the, to answer that question is this really where i want my focus to be heck yeah <laughs> like absolutely if i could do that every day all day long like oh man i'd be living a dream but with my with my current ministry at st paul's and, and teaching and and coaching sometimes multiple sports a year and directing all the athletics um and and teaching and and prepping and not letting any of that go down uh in the ditch either and then also yeah getting that time to to spend at home and making sure my wife feels loved and and my son knows me and it's just like yeah do you know what now's now's not the time now's not the time because i need to i need to i need to die to some other things you know yeah well i, I, I need i need to give myself up so that that i'm i'm being i'm being that christ-like example yeah to yeah to those those people around me that are most important yeah well and i think brad i you didn't really explicitly say this but you kind of hit on it too the idea that like when you like you kind of came to the top of your not necessarily the top of your field but you know kind of like you you kind of had arrival moments maybe in each one of your different jobs and then to walk away from that and be like you know what i'm gonna go make you know i'm gonna go make soda instead or you know what you know, I, I'm going to go, I'm just going to move to Texas, like that kind of thing. Um, like, it's got to be hard. Like, do you ever struggle with the humility to just say, like, you know, I'm going to go back to the bottom of the totem pole somewhere? Um, at times, yes, but it's 
it's um, so there, you know there's some spontaneous spontaneity on in some things to move here was like took a year that wasn't spontaneous at all um, and there was a lot of praying and you know to, to specifically to your to your question it was, am I willing, basically, am I willing to be, to go from making this amount of money to making what I made when mm. I was like 21? Yeah. <laughs> to start all over again in something. But if, if that's something, if I'm, if I can take care of my family and I can do that and it's moving me in the direction that I ultimately want to go where I can see seems like God's pointing me that way then then ultimately there's uh, then I end up doing it but um, there's humility in there which is not a bad you know swallowing pride and having your pride checked is a good thing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to have that done yeah. on occasion because um, it's just a lesson that needs to be learned, at yeah. least for some of us, me, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and I think you hit on something earlier too when you said like each each kind of step along, like um, you know, the idea of you, you even applied to MLC and then like nothing happened. And you said, you know, the Lord was like, well, this, man, just hold on, you know, like this is not quite time. And I think it's a very real thing too. Is a lot of times we have a picture of where we eventually want to be, or where even like, even if we take selfishness out of it, just saying like, "Hey, this is what these are the gifts the Lord has given me. Like, this is something I can see myself doing. I would really enjoy it. The Lord has given me gifts in this area. Like, I'm good at this, and I want to do it. Like, there, there still is going to be a process in getting there, um, and, and it's not necessarily going to be like." snap your fingers and the Lord puts you there. And he certainly does that with some people. And not with you or me. Right. <laughs> um, but I don't know. The, there's, there's a lot of humility there. The other part of it is is having a a godly wife that is supportive has totally made it a lot easier to make some of those moves. Because if she wasn't on board, then we would it wouldn't have mattered what it was for if she wasn't on board then it wouldn't have happened so um like take you for example it's not an easy thing to go from i mean to move here to go to mlc you're going to come here for two years and then you're going to go to mequon for a few years and then you're going to there's a lot of moving it's like you're mm -hmm. almost in the military you're moving so much and that's just not easy Right. And so my wife was up for that. No. Yeah. Well, and even just the intensity of the process too, yeah, you know, it's like it's not like you're moving up here and just living a normal life. Like you're going to school, you're doing all kinds of things. And it's an intense process too along the way. Yes. And God provides. Yeah. That's one thing for sure here. Being here is, it's there's some stressful times but but god provides yeah and it's awesome to see that 
and to know that, to be cognizant of this shouldn't have happened, but it did. And the only way it happened is because of God. Do you have any specific examples in mind? Um, I remember when we were here, it was still when I was in uh, the pre-SEM program. Um, opened up the mailbox one day and there was $1,000 in there. Where's that Gee, coming that from? That sounds nice. You know? oh, <laughs> and Actually, I had kind of a similar experience this summer. Yeah, I, that's yeah, true. That's, that's true. true. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, I totally to move here, <laughs> to, move, to move here, we, you know, we're just praying. If it's your will, Lord, then we know, we trust that you'll open doors. Our house in Texas was on, was for sale for two days. We were closing. Wow. And working on moving up here and it's like all right rock on that is a good answer from god we you know that's something <laughs> that's not what the market is and it worked out that way and then we got here and like my wife put in for a number of jobs everybody said oh you're a nurse you could you should be able to get a job anywhere she didn't hear any from anywhere for two months Sheesh. so we're like okay you got this what's going on now you know yeah. but it all worked out and if it all went well then and easy then you wouldn't have the, the maturity of faith yeah it wouldn't take any trust right and right. it's probably been a dumb thing I thought sometimes but it's like <laughs> you see those people that have that mature faith it's like I want to have a mature faith like that I probably didn't know what they went through to get to that right. mature faith when I was asking right. or praying yeah. that prayer but yep. yeah. but uh, yeah so not saying that I have that kind of faith but it's something I've wanted and I'm sure he's teaching me that absolutely well, and I think that's a that's a very real thing too. Is you know the, the Lord says, "Ask and you shall be given." Right? Um, Seek and you will find. If if that's something like if you genuinely want to be more humble, and you start asking the Lord, like, "Hey, I want to be more humble." He's going to make you more humble. You know, if you genuinely want to have more trust, if you genuinely want to have stronger faith, and you keep asking the Lord to give you more faith. He's going to give you more faith. Um, the question is, are you willing to do to go through what He's likely going to have you go through in order to for that to happen. I think about the year, the year preceding my decision to come back to MLC and pursue the pastorate. Like it didn't start out as, it didn't start as me trying to be a pastor at all. In fact, it started out as me again, swearing up and down. I would never, ever under any circumstances even consider the thought of maybe being a pastor, you know, <laughs> um, and it's like, but I want to be one of those teachers that's just on fire for Jesus. And in order to do that, you know, I gotta, I gotta get to know my heavenly father better. And I spent, um, so it was like two summers ago. I just spent the whole summer just like my goal for the summer was get ready for the next school year and be closer to Jesus than I ever have been before. And I like, it's not like there was a marker where it was like, all right, I've officially crossed the line and my time is better than, you know, like it's, it, it, that's a, you know, but, and it was, but it was something I was pursuing or something I knew. And, you know, I, and I, you know, started chasing that. And along the way you start, you know, studying different things and, and getting into it and, and you start to hear, you know, you read something one day and it says, you know, like, you know, true humility looks like this. And you go, well, I don't, 
I don't look like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so then you start praying for humility. And that says, you're like, good stewardship looks like this. And you're like, ooh, yeah, that's not what my finances look like. And you know, I start praying about that. And slowly but surely, and I, I honestly, like, could f- I, I know Lutherans don't necessarily like these terms, but I could feel the Lord for about a month going, like, are you sure you want to do this? You know, like, are, are you really, you're, you're praying, you're saying, Lord, do what you have to do to make me more patient. Lord, do what you have to do to make me more humble. Lord, do what you have to do to make my faith stronger. And you know, the Lord's going, are you ready? You know, and, and finally, uh, I think the answer was no for a long time. And then you kind of get to this point where you're like, all right, you know, Lord, do what you will. And when you can, on, and it's not like it's, you're not going to fool the Lord. And you're not going to like say, yep, I'm ready. And the Lord's going to be like, oh, I thought he was ready. You know, right? the Lord knows. Um, and, and I think that when the Lord is working in your heart, you also know. You know, and uh, so when it comes to that point where you're like, all right, Lord, we are in a spot where you're like, let's let's do this. Um, and, and I think a lot of times we take our own piece of that pu- piece out of the puzzle for fear that we get into work, works righteousness or things like that. But the reality is we do help hold sway over, you know, our spiritual lives in, in the in with the idea that, you know, I control my end of the bargain here. The bargain is I put my faith in my heavenly father um, because he's working, like he's working through me, you know, but I, I believe that Jesus is my savior and Jesus is my savior. You know, it's that simple. Um, and, and you can get into the, again, there's, there's all kinds of, you know, the right. idea of the Lord coming into your heart first and all that. I'm not talking about decision right. theology. I'm talking about my end of the bargain is Jesus in my heart. I've got faith. I got to tend and nurture that faith and make sure it's as strong as I can with the Lord's help. And we don't do that very often or very well. I think it's important to remember that, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, are you doing your best in the situation you're in? And, and you know, ultimately, like my, I originally moved here to be here for three years and then go on to Mequon. Um, that was the plan. But so, you know, if, if a person that's listening is just saying, you know, here's my plan, it, it didn't work out. And, but consider that, you know, the path that you're on, God's going to use that. So I learned Greek and Hebrew. I'm not using Greek and Hebrew right now. <laughs> I would like to use Greek and Hebrew at some point again, Charlie but I'm not using it right now. <laughs> yeah, I could use a tutor. <laughs> That's truth. <laughs> um, but was so does that mean that, that those three years of Greek and two years of Hebrew were a waste? Absolutely not. Um, it means that my faith was strengthened and enriched by learning Greek and Hebrew and being able to take uh, like Professor Frederick's uh, classes, Acts and and First Corinthians. I mean, you cannot even. You can't spend five minutes in that class without having your mind blown. So, God, is so maybe you didn't end up at the place that you thought you were going. You know what your goal was, but is God still going to use you? Yes. Is there going to be times when you're going to screw up in life? 
Yep. And you might even feel like, how can God use me after this? But God says he has a plan for you. He has laid out things for you to do in this life. And because you screw up, doesn't mean that those things change. I don't think it's, he knows what you're going to do and he's going to use that to teach you some things. And then you're going to go out and you're going to be stronger and share Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's because of those things, maybe that your faith gets to the point where you feel like, you know what, nothing else really matters. I was dying to a lot of other things. You know, I wanted to be in law enforcement. That's all I ever wanted to do. All I ever wanted to do was in, was be in the military. All I ever wanted to do was this. I am not at all anywhere near where I thought I'd be when I was 18. You know, like you said, there's no way I'm going to be a pastor. I said, you know, the joke is if you say God's got a sense of humor, I said, there's no way I'm going to marry someone from, from the Midwest. Cause there ain't no dadgum way I'm going to be in the Midwest. <laughs> I've lived here longer than I lived in Texas, which was a while. And my wife is from Wisconsin and there's a whole lot of things that God's got jokes. <laughs> I, I will never, ever marry a rich girl. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's never going to happen. I refuse. Absolutely not going to happen. And he's saying, you're right, Charlie. I've got better <laughs> things for you. <laughs> oh, man. So how many years have you spent in college at, th- at this point? Have you ever added it up? Yeah, what did you do? Like did, taking, after high school, did you go? Courses, yeah. <clears throat> I went to uh, two years of community college right out of high school. And got my associate's degree there. Then I was done for 12 years. And I uh, haven't gone the last few years, but I was in, see, three. Probably went to MLC for five years before stopping, before this final hoorah. So and and, the, and you were, were you always part time going through? No, I was full time. You were for most of it. I remember, I remember what classes we it's took together. It's a serious sacrifice. I was like a freshman or sophomore. Well, a, I had the GI Bill, so that helped a lot. Right, oh, I suppose. and then my wife worked, so um, that allowed for me to be a full time student. Man, so there's there's sacrifices in there, and there was. I had cancer in there, so you said I had cancer in there. I didn't know that. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Middle year, half of the time was spent with with a little chemo pouch. Oh man, yeah, it was a good time. Holy smokes! So, uh, how long you been cancer free? Five years this year. Awesome! Wow! Yeah, awesome. So, all things God gives to. Yeah. Yeah. Grow your faith. Ooh. No, so I read the I, I've been reading through the book of John the last couple of days and I just hit that section uh where he heals a man born blind and the disciples say, you know, to uh to Jesus, you know, like who sinned, this man or his parents that he was born blind? Have you ever kind of had that like feeling like what am I doing wrong? Like why is this happening to me type mm-hmm. thing? How do you I get have. past that? <laughs> so I used to have a motorcycle. I used to have a Harley, and there's been times when it was 
it's really helpful just to get on the back of that thing and just point it in any direction and just go ride and ask questions and talk with God and let him answer. And there's been a, a number of times that it's like something was just really bugging me spiritually and go for a ride and come back. And it's like, okay, I know I knew that was the answer, but I was just having a hard time understanding it. And by the time I get back, it makes sense again. It's like, okay, I get why it is the way it is. It's just, that was one way. Then I sold it and now it's <laughs> faith, experience. I think a lot of perspective has just been, <clears throat> excuse me, has been something I've tried to keep in mind is that I'm not going to be right. I'm not, I have my view on things, but that doesn't mean it's the right view on things. And there's people that have opposite views of me. If I can understand where they're coming from, then that helps me understand life better. Yeah. So I try to tell myself that often, but I don't know if that answers your question much, but I know God works. He's taught me I'm a pretty stubborn guy. <laughs> so I've had the two by four to my head a few times. <laughs> yeah. So you're talking about riding a motorcycle. You know what my thing is? Instead of jumping on the back of a motorcycle, I like to take a nice, long, hot bubble bath. <laughs> like lighting candles and stuff, you know? Just like, but. First, what's that make of a man? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that does or not, but. Makes you a different man. <laughs> different kind of That's man. not the cutoff. <laughs> Holly Davidson, ape hangers, loud pipes. And bubble the first bath. thing you thought of was a bubble bath. <laughs> Hey, whatever floats your boat, right? <laughs> you got a Burt and Ernie boat there too? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. A rubber ducky, <laughs> singing songs. Actually, I, I'll even light candles and stuff. I don't even have a bathtub here. It's terrible, man. I was hoping to go to Vogel all the time, but Vogel's not even open. Yeah. My last apartment in Milwaukee had a really big bathtub, and oh, man, that was good. That's it hilarious. was good. <laughs> something I didn't know about you. <laughs> well, now you know. Now Is know. this something you really wanted to know? <laughs> Can't get this picture really out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's like giving a dog a bath. It's just so much hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So the like, um, uh, yeah, yeah. I I, I can honestly say uh, within this kind of journey of going back to school again, um, there've been a bunch of different times where just like things weren't going. I mean, I'm only a month and a half in, you know, or even a month, not even a month and a half, um, like five weeks. There's already been a bunch of different circumstances that just aren't what I wanted them to be, aren't what I expected them to be. Like um, coming in, I want to be the, you know, the second career guy that just gets all A's and everybody's like, how does he do it? And it just hasn't turned out to be that way, <laughs> you know. Um, and a bunch of different times where everything just seems like it's going wrong and it just like – Every part of me is screaming like you made the wrong decision. What are you doing here? You know, and I can honestly say, like I, I can sit there and say, you know, like Lord, 
you brought me here. This is not what I wanted to do. This is not what I had the desire to do. This is not what, and I don't say this as like a, like, it's not like I don't want to be here. I'm not saying that, but like, this was not my plan. This was so very clearly your plan. Um, and, and this came from a genuine place of me wanting to follow you and that, and not in an accusatory sense, in a sense of like, all right, I'm going to keep trusting you because I wouldn't be here if you hadn't brought me here. And I don't know what the next step is. I don't know where the path leads, but I know you brought me here. I know so far this is good. I know you promise it will continue to be good and I trust you. Um, and just letting the Lord lead those decisions and letting the Lord lead those circumstances from day to day. Um, I mean, it just takes so much pressure off your shoulders too, you know, like it just takes so much weight off. I've never, I, I've never dealt with like a, an illness like that. Um, but I certainly dealt with like the, the struggle to make a decision and decide, you know, where to go next and, and sitting there and realizing after two years, like, yep, this isn't it. You know, like whether it's a job or whatever it is, you're sitting there and you just look around one day and you go, yeah, this isn't it. You know, like this, this is good. I love it. I enjoy it. This isn't it. So what's next? And then you start that process where you, you know, whatever. <laughs> and the where, answer where, is going to be scary because it's, we have our list of things that we're like okay with. Mm-hmm. And then God comes out of, you know, and t-bones us with something else that weren't really like yeah because that's how god works but um i would encourage you that is how god works i mean i literally got t-boned <laughs> like, yeah you i did. was driving my truck to the seminary um to, to see the seminary christmas concert i got t-boned on the way and ended up just getting there like in time to hear the last song and then lord when your glory i shall see i just remember sitting there while Lord, when your glory, while I shall see is playing, and my body's like still in shock from it, it was a it was a nasty accident. It was my fault too. It was just like, like you're still shaking, you know, and like I could feel my neck was starting to get stiff, like all that stuff after a car accident, right? I'm going through all that, and I'm just sitting there, and it was like I can't think of it. The only way I can think of it is that when you know the is it Elijah or Jeremiah? I think it's Elijah, where the Lord comes to him in a whisper. Mm-hmm. You know, like where he yep. sends the wind, right. and he sends an earthquake, and he sends fire, and he yep. comes in a whisper. And I can only, like, the only way I can describe it is that still small voice saying, you should be here. Like, and I'm sitting there watching my college classmates, you know, singing in a concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're seniors. They're about to go out into the world and do ministry, you know. And it's just this still small voice saying, you know, you should be here. And you're like, well, now I don't even have a truck to drive. You know, like, I literally, <laughs> like, what, what do I do now, you know? And, uh, you know, and just that path becomes, like, all of a sudden, I, I like being that, I like to be in the, the urban hillbilly or whatever you want, the urban redneck, you know? I like having that reputation. And when the truck disappears, that re- reputation re- disappears pretty quick, too. And uh, it sounds silly, but it's real. And uh, I didn't realize how much of my... Like my identity was wrapped up in that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and the Lord strips that away and says, all right, listen, homie, this is where we're doing. This is what we're doing next. And it's just, like you said, the two by four in the back of the head, which goes back to the topic tonight is which, or at least how I understood it is yeah. what things are in your life 
that you're putting before God. Yeah. Basically is what it comes down to is uh, what's your idol. Mm-hmm. And I would think any guy, and, and I know I'm going to do this before I go to bed tonight, any guy listening to this or, or, or woman for that matter, write that list. Write down the list of things that you think in your life are most important and then yeah make sure make sure that you're maybe it's a list of i don't know five things i can't i can't imagine putting putting more putting the proper amount of effort into any more than five things you know without without those those necessities in your life without those ministries in your life taking a hit you know i mean if for for me for me it'd be family um my my teaching ministry and and then probably after that it'd be coaching and maybe maybe two other things and so i guarantee i do a whole lot more than those five things and it's like how much of that is necessary you know what 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 am i doing wrong what am i missing out on because i'm not focusing on what's most important i'm not i'm not dying to my to my most important responsibilities that that god has called me to do when you guys were talking about you know that 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 path of life thing i was i was thinking about i mean obviously of of the three of us here mine has been pretty straight uh but but like yeah you you get that plan in your head of of your senior in high school where where you're going to be and what you want to do and all this and I'll never forget having a conversation with my with my principal, uh, Ned Gady, in high school, and we had a really good, we had a great relationship, and and uh, yeah, just like talk, talking about talking about like dating, and just got into some great conversations. And he was like, he was like, Nick, you're not gonna have any flings. You're 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 gonna you're gonna meet one girl in college, and 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 you're gonna marry her. And and we like had this in writing. I've got the notes somewhere. And I was like, I was like, Mr. Gady, you're crazy. Like that's not me. No, I I I just wanna I just wanna I wanna have fun. I wanna I wanna focus on football. I wanna I wanna meet a whole bunch of people. No. And boom, he had me pegged, and and God had me pegged, and and God had me pegged in the right way. He knew exactly what I needed. And that that was Heather. And I mean, the rest the rest is history. And ah, uh, and now now she's she and Levi is that like that's on, on second of our relationship with 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 the Lord that's there, there's nothing else that I should be putting more time into there yeah well I think and, and even there I struggle you know yeah and, and you say that and you say it with great humility I honestly think in my, like uh, when I close my eyes and think about like somebody that backs up that idea like of walking to walk every day like Put your money where your mouth is, dude. You're on the top of that list. Like people that put their money where their mouth is, these are the things that are most valued to me. This is what I'm. This is this this is it. This is I'm gonna back that up. And, and so like when I look at your life, I see you know your relationship with the Lord. I see your wife and your kid. I see your. I mean, I'll call them bros, but it's really more than that. Like your brothers, like men in your life who you pour into and pour into you, and you legitimately let them shape and fashion you. And then, you know, there's a couple other things in there, right? Right. Um, but, like, if, like I said, man, if somebody follows you around for a day, like, they're going to see you spend time with the Lord. They're going to, and they're going to see you just letting that light shine like crazy. You're going to see 
the relationship you have with your wife and your kid, you know, like I, I always get a little bit of a chuckle when you're like, oh, I was in a little bit of trouble today. I'm like, dude, your little bit of trouble is most men's like best day ever, you know, <laughs> like, you know, like, but that's, that's just how much you two care about, you know, doing it right and having a good relationship. Like, I know you're not perfect, but right. um, like having that Christ centered relationship with each other. Um, and then like, um, I, I don't, I just can't think of anybody else who in a good way sacrifices as much as much of themselves for the dudes in their life and just making sure that they're being the man that they ought to be and that their friends are being the man that they ought to be. And like, it's a it's real thing. Like we can, you can list the five things that are most important for you, but then the next question immediately has to be how, like back it up. Like, how can I back this up? How can I prove it? Right. You know? Well, thank you. So yeah. I'm going to add to the list based on what you just said is tonight, make that list. But, and you were talking a bit about accountability like you tech guys do have. Um, and I've got guys in my life for the same thing. That means you got to make your list. Then you need to talk to somebody you about it. Share it. Yeah. yeah. And so if you're married and that's your wife or your husband, then that's, then talk to him about it. And if it means being a better husband or a better father, um, your spouse is a good person to talk to you about that and get their point of view on things. And then if it's something that you're like, I don't know if I can talk to my wife about this. Um, if it's one of those kind of deep things, then, then find a brother, um, and talk to him. And cause if you have an addiction to something, then I'm going to tell you right now that Satan is lying to you by telling you, you got to keep it secret. No one else deals with this. You're the only person life's going to end. If you don't tell, as long as you don't tell anybody and that's just a lie. So if, if that's describes you, then it's all the more reason to find that Christian brother to talk with. Or sister, if you're, if it's, you know, but for those ladies listening, <laughs> is, it's one of those kind of things. Hi, Aunt Jane. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, I didn't curse to that. <laughs> <laughs> is, yeah, accountability and talking with someone and sharing your, hey, getting feedback, even, even if it's, here's, you know, hey, dude, I went through this with uh, my list. how do you think I'm doing on all these things? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, mentoring going, can go into there and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, well, and to continue to lean into that, I think one of my favorite things to think about, like whether you're coaching or, or teaching, it's a huge thing in my teaching ministry is this idea that you will, in, in moments of stress, you'll, you don't rise to the occasion. You'll always, what's the word recede revert back back to your highest level of not your highest level of training but your highest level of mastery and this is another one of those circumstances where when like even if you're not necessarily going through something right now um you will when those stressors come like when you know i'm gonna curse when shit hits the fan (laughs) um like 
when you hit that moment, um, you're going to revert back to you know your what I guess would be the highest level of relationship, right? So you're not very likely to, in that moment of chaos, which is really what that is, um, to you know call somebody up and say, "Hey, man, this is what I'm struggling with." But if you can, in a moment of peace, in a moment of clarity, you know, when you're looking at your life and saying, this needs to change, if you can have that conversation then, mm-hmm. it makes the, com- the emergency phone call a little bit easier, right. right? Like, it makes that tough conversation where you're going, like, man, I really messed this week up. You know, like, man, I really screwed this up. This didn't go well. You know, like, I feel myself slipping back into this, that, or whatever. Um, it makes those conversations a lot easier if you can front-end them with just the truth and have somebody that knows and recognizes and even can have their eye out for you. Right. Who knows that phone call is coming sooner or later. Yeah. Yep. yep. Absolutely. All right. This is a good one. We're going to have to do this again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, Brad. Absolutely. It's been fun. Pleasure. Nick, welcome back. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Go you. be the man God created you to be. Amen. You too. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.